Hello and welcome to this episode of Two Beers, Please. I'm Matthew Phillips. He's Yannick and Carnesau. And we're back to touch on all things sports, pop culture. Actually, I don't think we're talking. We'll probably talk about pop culture. Not as much as last time. But uh, well, something, will, something will come up. Pop culture is always. <laughs> somebody go smack somebody. So we got something to talk. Well, I guess Dave Chappelle kind of. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Dave's, yeah. Dave's all right. But uh, yeah, pop culture, all the other random crap. We've already gotten into the random crap. That already feels like a random crap. Jan, Check. we are heading to our first baseball game of the year tomorrow. Woo! How stoked are you? I'm so stoked, especially because, uh, like, literally, what a great year for New York baseball with the two of the best teams being both here. Uh, but we're going to see the Yankees, who are just unstoppable right now. And they're playing a Blue Jays team, which is also very, very good. Uh, it's the be- It's two of the best teams in the AL, really. And so we couldn't have picked a better game. It's a day game. I've only been to one day game before. So Dude, I'm super- that's what I'm super pumped for. Oh, it's going to be so, so cool. And uh, it's supposed to be good weather. So I'm... I'm I'm excited and I I'm hoping we see some fireworks. I I want where's that Guerrero Jr. home run rally? Yeah. That's what I want. I want him I to hit. I want to see some bombs. I want to see some bombs. I let's forget the forget the pitching. Let's just bomb it away. See who hits more. I want a home run derby. That's what I want. Truly, I just just bomb at your bomb. I don't. I feel like I've. I don't know if I've ever been to a, a day game. For the ML, like a major league game. I'm sure I've been, I know I've been to an Iowa Cubs game, but was, that's not the same. I've been like maybe like four o'clock, but we got, I mean, like first pitch is what, like 1235? Like it's, yeah. I'm, yeah, I love it. I'm stoked. I can't wait. Yeah, it's definitely the earliest game I've ever gone to. The other day game I went to was at like one or two. And I know that like one versus 1230 doesn't feel like a lot, but it also does feel like a difference. It, like, it, it does yeah. feel like a long, 12:30, you think okay if i get up at like 9 or 10 i gotta start heading up like in an hour so yeah. you know it's it's a lot and uh yeah i mean we we we've uh gotten to see a couple games on on either side i feel like um this year and continue to see more and first uh yankees game for both of us i don't th- yeah i don't think you've been to one this season i went to a mets game earlier um so yeah, let's go. I'm so pumped. And I can't believe the Yankees are actually like good this year. I'm surprised that they're not sucking they'll, it up. They'll probably inevitably choke in the playoffs. The Mets, I thought the Mets, like I was like, I think the Mets could be like sneaky good this year, but they're starting real, real hot. The, top, the thing with baseball though too is like you can start your first 30 games in like first and then end up in last. So it's uh, it certainly is, is a marathon, but I've, I'm pumped. I like as much as the world would hate a New York World Series. I I love it. Like as someone who lives here now, like I I hate that I do cheer for like most New York teams, but I I do. Like it's it, at least like I pull from a little bit. Like the Rangers, we'll talk about them later. They're getting their asses kicked. I don't care. But like if the Rangers go on a Stanley Cup run, I'm I'm gonna be cheering them on. Yeah, we gotta go see if 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 it's Mets Yankees in the World Series. I, we gotta see a game. I don't. We gotta see a game, right? Like, th- when is that ever gonna happen again? We have to. We it's better, like a historically. I guess. I guess we have a lot of time to start making a little bit more money. But we yeah, uh, we might have to uh, get this thing monetized the or something. Yeah, exactly. Not eat that's for that's a, the a goal. Weeks. Hey, listen. I need to lose some weight. 
I'm happy to I'm happy to nice. do some intermittent fasting. <laughs> intermittent fasting is dumb. It's dumb and it's studies show it doesn't actually, actually work. I actually just think well my issue with most of that shit is like people are like, oh I'm getting like this is happening to me because of intermittent fasting. And like, no, it's happening because you're in a calorie deficit. You're in a calorie deficit because you're doing this fasting and it's helping you do that. But like you don't have to fast and you can still be in a calorie deficit. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's definitely not the only I hate when people also like dieting is such a very specific thing for every person. Like in terms of like what they can eat, what they can eat, how their body is, how their metabolism is. So I, yeah. I just I just anytime someone opens their mouth and is like, This is the way to do it, I'm like, Yeah, whatever. You know? Like literally the only <laughs> the only thing you need to do is to be in a calorie deficit. However yeah. way you however way you figure that out, hell yeah. Like I like I think it's absolute insanity that people don't eat carbs. I couldn't do it. Yeah. But I you know, if it helps you get to your deficit, <laughs> that's a nice little tan- health, baby. That's what health. happens when you start trying to work at a health club. This is the <laughs> this is the deficit. Welcome <laughs> to the new podcast. <laughs> one of my, my my like favorite fitness guy on on the gram uh jordan syatt who he actually also accepts all podcast invites so we should we should definitely him get him on here he, yeah. I, he always like hosts where he's like i'm booked up until like several months but yeah i'll accept it so jordan maybe but he, he always says he's just like you know what my intermittent fasting is i, I call it sleep hmm. i don't eat for i don't eat for eight hours right there and that's good that's actually a good point. That's actually a good point. And if you don't eat like right before bed, then also like that increases it to like ten hours. So there you yeah. go. That is you kind could really, of could really knock it out there. Yeah. A lot of time. I, I I I love fitness and I love being healthy. I will never never be a faster. That is not who I am. That is not what I can do. I just feel like it, it messes with so much else of my day. Um, and I'm not like a snacker or anything. I think that's why if I was a snacker, I bet I could get away with it. But because I just eat three meals a day, I'm like, I can't knock one of those out. (laughs) Yeah. It becomes like, like I can make one less, like I'll eat a granola bar here or there, like, and that'll be my meal. But I mean, I'm not, not, not eating guys. Come on. That's not happening. Also, I'm with you. Carbs are the best and you know, props to you if you can cut them out, but I don't know what I would eat. Well, and like props to you too. And like you cut them out, but like. I hope you're doing it because you just think this is going to help. Not like, oh, I can't have – like I was at a background thing the other day and like one guy was talking about – I can't remember what he was talking about, some, but like some snack. He's like, oh, good, low carb. That's awesome. Like, why? Why is that – like why do you think that's awesome? Like what is the, the, the – the, like it's not some evil thing. I hate some t- – I hate – like anytime I do background work, it's like there's always two people that I'm like, could you not be the most annoying <laughs> fucks the most on the world? people and they just like always just like want to just spew the just like weirdest shit like take yeah. stances on stuff where you're just like why are you talking to me about this right i like and you know what my other thing is and you know i'm gonna preface this by saying listen any work you can get is great and extra work is fun i've done it so i'm not like hating from not in a place of not experience right. anytime i go to extra work and there is some person comparing what extra work they've done to another person, I'm like, guys, come right. <laughs> are we really resume like posturing over extra work here? Is that what's going on? <laughs> or I'm always like, sometimes too, like there'll be people who are like, you got like, 
don't you want to try and like get in this shot and stuff? Like you could like, this could be it. And I'm like, you guys, like I, this is a nice little paycheck. We kind of chill. I think it's good experience. You can learn something, maybe meet some people. Nobody is going to like, this, this is not going to be your big break. I'm telling you that right now. Right. I got a featured extra role once and it was the most random thing. We all just got called in. And they were there was rumors that it was going to happen. Oh, they needed someone. the The lead needs a best friend. He's not going to talk, but he's going to be like prominently in the shot. Yeah. And I and I sat there reading a book, and everybody else was freaking out about it. Like, oh, what do they want to see? And I got picked because I just looked the right thing that they wanted. And I was like, yeah, because that's what this is. Like yeah. extra work is all about. Other, <laughs> that's all it exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> all extra work is like you are like the paint on a paintbrush. Like, it is literally just like, how how do you look for this shot? Okay, yeah, that's what we want. Like, I, I agree. I mean, I do extra work every now and then. It's nice, easy paycheck. You might you can meet some interesting people that want to rant. You, you know, meet some good people as well. But uh, it's, got its, it's got its limitations, certainly. Right. It's like, we can all be excited that we're on a set. And yeah, like, you maybe you're on a set with someone really cool. And that's all good. And it's good experience. But like... I just don't understand why everyone needs to find in this industry. Everybody needs to brag about something at all times. And I'm like, right. this is not even if you were to brag about something, which at all times is stupid because this industry is crazy. Um, right. Extra work. That's the last thing we need to be bragging about because like you didn't audition. You sent your sizes. Let's let's all. It's kind of like, all right, here you are bragging about like this resume or whatever that you have. We're we're in the same spot right now. Last time I checked, yeah. Man, all that work hasn't really gotten you anywhere. So, uh, hmm. alrighty. Yeah, you know, stay humble out there, people. Just enjoy yourselves. We're and, taking uh, down. I wonder working. how many how many people listen to this podcast that actually do that. But hey, you listen. There's probably a couple. And and listen, like I said, no no shame in it. It's just ah, uh, uh, you know, it's just actors. Actors in general. They there's never no one can just act. Like, no one can no. just be an actor and do their work and enjoy it. Everyone has to be like, this is why I'm the next big thing. And I'm like, you know, none of us are the next big thing. If you were the next big thing, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Probably. Just, uh, yeah. just being completely honest there. <laughs> or uh, just like, you know, we are like, it is such a thing of just like, you constantly feel like you have to like validate what you're doing. Where again, it's like, dude, we're all here to get like, you don't got to prove anything to me. I'm, right. I'm in this yeah. room with you, man. Like, it's, it's all, I get it. Right. You gotta grind, you gotta do this shit. Like, but you got it. <laughs> relax, relax, Marlon Brando. <laughs> relax, Marlon. <laughs> I was trying to think of what. what I, I'm glad I went. I'm glad Marlon was the one that came. It was the first one that came to my mind as kind of. He was kind of pretentious about shit. Yeah, the Marlon. Marlon Brando. He's an interesting cat. Yeah, I'm excited for that new Godfather series. Are you going to watch that? The offer? Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch that just because, I don't know, Miles Teller is sometimes annoying. I'll, I'll probably end up watching it, but I got, my grandma just got me the book. Look. Oh, that Leave is. the gun, take the take cannoli. Take the cannoli. Oh my which is a God. Way better, way better name. I mean, I understand why they changed it for, uh... actually, I probably will see it. That Dan Fogler guy who plays Coppola, I, I like him. And um, Juno Temple, which I I gotta go show some love to Keely Jones. Plus, it is The Godfather, so I I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Miles Teller. I he sometimes I like him, but like sometimes I'm just like, dude, 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he he is that extra actor that we run into. <laughs> it's Miles Teller at all, all times. Oh Miles, God. why are you here? You know, I just uh, you know, <clears throat> coming down to the masses for a little bit. Like I still, I mean, I feel like recently he's annoyed me, but then I like Whiplash is, I think. So good. So good. And he really is freaking like, because there's a lot of times where I'm just like, I don't think pe- these people are good. Like, I don't think they have like talent. And so I don't, that's why then I get upset. But I'm like, Miles Teller, you, sh- you show me enough where like, I, I think you-, you got some good shit. And honestly, that Top Gun movie, like, I can't help but laugh every time I see the trailer, but then I still want to watch it. Yeah. I'll still watch it. I- it's going to be entertaining as hell. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure, I'm. It's the least needed sequel we ever needed. It's the like thirty years later, bringing it back is uh, hilarious to me. But that's also Tom Cruise. Like I love that Tom Cruise. We probably we're probably gonna get so many fucking Top Gun movies now. Oh, yeah. Like Mission Impossible, he did way back in the cut, and I had like Mission Impossible two. But then he, when he like went to the third one, he's like, all right, we got to. I only want to make Mission Impossible movies. I've thought about it, and there's really only one movie I've ever enjoyed making, and it's Mission Impossible. So, uh, Im- impossible is the amount of episodes we're going to have of this. Really, like, yeah. an impossible amount. The mission is... I've got a pro- It's always possible. It always gets it done. I kind of mm. like it, too, that he just, like, it seems like he just does those movies. He's just like, what is the most insane stunt that I can do? Yeah, and I mean, like the man, the man is is kind of insane. I'm probably full blown insane. Full blown, but he, I, I kind of still respect him. Like he gets it done, and he he brings it. Like when he's gonna be in a an action movie, Tom Cruise is, is pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's funny. He seems like he has enough arrogance. Slash, I'm tired of seeing him. Slash, you know this whole Scientology thing where I should like not like him. Um, right. But 100%. for some reason, for some reason I don't, I don't not like him. I, I have, I have no bad feelings towards him and it's weird, but it's true. <laughs> I don't know him personally, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree with him. It's like, I feel like I shouldn't like Tom Cruise. But then again, you're like, well, what has he like really done? That's like that, that bad. I jumped on Oprah's couch and, Scientology is, is always the, the one where you're like, eh. mm. <laughs> there, go, there goes all our Scientology demographic. We just lost uh, a shit ton of listeners. Should I, that's actually all of them. You keep me... <laughs> no, this week we go to listen. We're like, what? Our no family listens. members listen to this. Are they secretly... Oh, God. Do we not know something about a lot of our friends? All right, Jan. Make sure everybody, all you Scientologists and whatever you practice or not practice... Make sure you are following us. Wow, you made that exclusive on the at, page. at the eleventh hour. Love right, that. right at Love the that. end, baby. Right Ooh. at the end. Right at the nick of time. Right at the buzzer beater. Uh, make sure you follow us on the Instagram t- page. Two beers, please. Underscore podcast. The Twitter page. Two BP underscore podcast. Of course, the Facebook, which is Two Beers, please. Um, I think you just put Two Beers, please, and find it. Mm-hmm. If you add podcast, you'll definitely find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you like, review, subscribe. Share with your friends, your other Scientologists. Force them to listen. I, I had forced them to listen in my notes before, just as something to like, yeah, make them do it. But then adding it with the Scientology thing made it a little uh, suspect. But uh, yeah, but you stuck Spread with your love. guns. Spread you the stuck, love. You stuck with your guns. Uh, you didn't give up in yourselves. And you know what? We're about to talk about a lot of teams that didn't give up in themselves. So you know, it, it's apt. 
that is a great segue on to the first the first <laughs> thing we're going to talk about, which is some Champions League semifinal action. We'll touch on Liverpool and Villarreal. We do. I mean, I kind of forgot what a great match that second one was with Liverpool Villarreal in that first half because Liverpool really did take it over in the second and kind of you know show their boss in there. But Liverpool gets it done. They win five two on aggregate. They won that second one three two. They really, I mean, it was it was pretty impressive when 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 they finally were like, all right, yeah, we're the better team. And Real Madrid, the, unbelievable. <laughs> um, which is so weird. Like we, how are we saying that about Real Madrid? They won this competition thirteen times. Like they, they, this is their thing, and it's it's unreal. Like they feel like David in this Goliath of uh, everyone they they played. City, Chelsea, even I, I, Chelsea and them. I, I'd say you probably would think like level, but would probably give the edge to Chelsea. Chelsea did beat them last year, and, and were the defending uh, European champs. And PSG, like they, not only I guess did we think those teams were better, but in all three of those matches, they also put themselves in a hole. Yeah, it's funny because I, the reason that I. I've just, I don't know, I was trying to figure out a way. How do I explain this Real Madrid team? And of course, like, words like, oh, the most clutch team I've seen in a while came up. But really, you know what it is? It's that I have never seen a team turn it so off when they are off and then turn it so back on when they are on. And it can happen at, like, a drop of a hat. Like, they could not be there for 87 minutes, which is what this game was, just hanging on for dear life. And then all of a sudden, you know, just in two minutes, be like, no, nah, we're going to play now. I feel like now is a good time to play. I feel like now we can dominate like we should have been earlier. Yeah, I feel like that's fine. And, and like, honestly, that one too, especially as I was listening to ESPN FC, like, I think, and, and this is, as we've talked about Carlo Ancelotti a lot recently, this is certainly to his credit, like, I think that was part of their, their plan in, in that because – you got those great guys in, in in Modric and Cruz and Casemiro, but like they they can't that that midfield can't do what it used to do. As as right. talented as they are, they can't make like they they just don't have the fitness for it. And so it really did feel like a plan for Ancelotti, where he was like, they're still they're still all so talented, and they can still kind of control the or game or maybe you know help us combat Manchester City's ability to control the game a little bit better than some of our young guys. But so so basically, it was like let's hang on, and then as long as we're as long as we've got a fighting chance in that last 15, 10 minutes, we'll put on Kamavinga, we'll put on the subs, and throw it all at them, and that's exactly what happened. And because like that first goal that Rodrigo scored, it I mean, that was like a goal that I was gonna say Southampton, but even Southampton scores better. That's like a Brentford goal. Like that there was sometimes that's just what you have to do. You know, you throw bodies and, and throw a ball in there. But that's not the kind of goal that Real, if you expect them to score, and really City should have been even giving up. Mm. Um, but I, I think it was like a credit to Real for being like, all right, this is our, our strategy. We hang in there, and then that last 10, 15 minutes, we we go for it all. Right, and I, I like also want to throw a shout-out <clears throat> to like someone who didn't get as much love in this game. I mean, he's gotten love in the past, of course, but... You know, the goals coming from Rodrigo, obviously Kareem Benzema getting his due credit. But also, in two straight matchups, Vinicius Jr. has been unguardable. The man has been unguardable. He made Kyle Walker sub himself out. 
Kyle Walker ran with that man for 70 minutes and then limped off the field. He's like, I literally have nothing left. Like, I can't. I I have nothing left. And I think that's a big reason why Real was able to have these kind of late moments is because one side of your defense just gets worn by 70 minutes. So you have 20 minutes then to, to really make it some damage. And even if he's not the one making the making the actual goal, it does open up holes. And, um, and you know, when you have other players in there, like the subs, Camavinga, Rodrigo, of course, was amazing. And, and, of course, you have the best striker in the world right now, Kareem Benzema. You know, those holes are, are, are exploited. And uh, I also think this game just showed, though, um, Man City answers its problems by buying players. That's how they answer their problems. And here, again, we have it shown... You can't just buy good defenders and expect them to, you know, play like like a perfect defense. That's not how that works. Their defenders are great. You know, Joao Cancelo, Ruben Diaz, and those guys kind of came back. Kyle Walker, you know, good player, wasn't exactly fit. But because I think they keep switching out their defense, rightfully so, because they have a lot of issues. But, you know, they don't have enough experience so that when they start getting peppered like that, that they can, like, hold together, be like, you know, hold the line. You know, like, hold the line, like Van Dyke in the Liverpool defense, you know? Like, he's been there, he's been in those moments, he's ready to do it, and he knows his teammates, and it just feels like that Man City defense, they're all good individually, but defense has to be good together, you know? They right. can't just be good individually, and, and, and that's why Real was, it was so easy. As soon as the first goal came, it felt like that. It felt like, uh-oh, like, this <laughs> this this might turn the exact opposite yeah, way. Like, oh, they somehow had a chance. Yeah, and uh, so that's a big thing, too, is how, how can Man City not answer the defensive problem? Because I don't think they were bad defensively the game. It's just at the end, how can they, you know, really build some some team uh, some team defense as well as having these great players? It's just not it's just not good enough to buy them. Well, and, and like, so obviously, because I, mean, I was going to first first, I'll ask you this. Who, who do you think this says more about Real or City? And just a quick. I- yeah, I think Real Madrid. It's probably like a 70-30, but like in all honesty, there is no team that believes in themselves more than Real Madrid right now. So as soon as they got their goal, there was really nothing Man City could do. Like you can say they could have played better defense, but they were playing fine and their offense was playing fine for the most part. They could have obviously Jack Grealish puts that away and that's something you can say as well, but but they also had But the credit there to a guy we haven't mentioned also, Timor I mean Yeah. I'm credit to Real, as I said, to, for their game plan. That game plan of let's try and survive until the last 10 minutes would not have worked if Thibaut Courtois wasn't playing as he is right now. Right, and, you know, good for him. You know, he had some had some years there where people weren't exactly sure, you know, if he was worth the money was spent with him, and, he, and he's showing up in big moments. But honestly, it's so fun to watch Real play. They just have a passion for the game and for themselves like no other and it goes across the field. Um, you saw Marcelo on the sideline just losing his mind when they were scoring, and it was so much was fun awesome. to watch. And there's just not a lot of top teams that you see have that spirit. Like, they all care, of course. I'm not saying that. But, like, Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, as soon as they scored a goal, you're like, you're not going to win here. Who do you think you are? Who could win here? Like, yeah, with this? No, no one. <laughs> like, I don't have know. You, have you not seen this this storyline? Paris can do it. Chelsea can Like, the nope, not going to happen. Right, and, uh, and maybe and maybe that's part of the reason they're they're because I, I agree with you. I think this is more about Real. We we've talked a lot about Manchester City's shortcomings, and I think it certainly had an impact on this game. But when you take the whole 
you know, knockout round in, into consideration, it has to be about Real because, because of that ability to to come back and and not lose the faith and and know that their fans are going to help push them in in you know in that last twenty minutes and and also I I want to say Vinicius Junior like it, they wouldn't be where they're at in this as great as Kareem Benzema has been he was the one that's elevated his game this year uh, from prospect that could be special to he he's special he he was he was the right buy um, and going to be going down that left line a long, long time. So we talked, you kind of talked about them not buying out of their defensive problems. I, I would agree. I think we've seen enough from their defensive players that they have, that they can work a, a strong defense. Uh, they go and get Erling Holland. It has been confirmed now. He will be going to Manchester City. Fuck my life. Things are not good. And the city of Manchester United, this is a, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. He's gonna score a lot of goals because any striker, like if they would have just gotten any striker, a yeah. true striker, they, they put 15, 20 goals up. And now they get a guy who I think both of us have a lot of expectations on where he'll go in his career. So, do you think that that alone can can fix City and push them above? Because my other worry with them is the defense worries me. I think this missing the striker, I think, is, is their biggest issue. I don't think it solves everything, but I think it is. There's the defensive issues. And then also, I think there's some, there's something about this team where, like, when Liverpool gets down, when like when Villarreal went up 2-0, you kind of were like, nah, Liverpool's going to fight back. They're, they're going to get it done. When City gets, like, punched in the face, and I, and I don't mean, like, just, like, scored on or whatever. When, they, when somebody says, boom, we're here, we're ready to play, they sometimes don't know what to do with themselves. They, they go through so many matches, especially in the Premier League, where they dominate and they control the match so thoroughly that as soon as that's thrown off kilter, all 11 of those players kind of look like they don't know what the fuck to do. Right. I mean, I know this problem really well because it's the problem that Bayern Munich has too. You know, they are, yeah. for the most part, the most talented team on the field. And um, the problem is not that they don't have the players or that, you know, you can look at maybe the defense of Bayern or you can look at maybe the lack of striker for Man City. There are problems, but it's not like those problems are the worst. It's that when a team comes out and like Villarreal to Bayern or like Real Madrid to, to Man City at the end there, there is a a a lack of understanding of of, you know, putting aside the fact that you are the better player and playing like you're the better player and you know where that comes from, unfortunately, the coach. The coach has to be able to make the changes and talk 100%. to his team. And, and you know, you can say what you want about Byron because Nagelsmann is his first year. He's a young coach. Has he really earned that respect from these players yet? To It's to be seen. Pep Guardiola has had that problem since he left Barcelona. He has had that problem. Byron couldn't make it over the hump because they just, as soon as they were losing, there was no way back. There was no comebacks in Bayern. And similarly with Man City, there are no comebacks in Man City. Either they win or they lose. There's no like, oh, are they going to lose and then they win? That doesn't happen a lot with them. They either control the game or they don't. And you're right, they, they just they just don't have that motivation. I, I, I put a lot of that on Pep because this is his team for a long time now. And he just doesn't seem to... He seems to want to put all of his best 11 players on the field and just live off the fact that I have the best 11 almost in every position, but I think, I honestly think he should get some players where it's like, maybe this guy isn't 
my best, but he is showing up in the moments when I need him to show up, put one of those guys on the bench, and, and then have them to sub in. And I think that is kind of a big deal. Like, you can say what you want about Thomas Tuchel keeping Pulisic on the bench, but it does work. When Pulisic comes off the bench, the game changes. And, yeah. like, yeah, you could start him, but it's also a smart strategy to do that as well. And um, he's going to have to figure that out. And having Holland is going to be great for him. And it's, you know, going to make his life easier. And they're going to win the Premier League next year with 10 games to go. But, like, at the end of the day, that, does, that doesn't going to matter. Because he has to win the Champions League. Otherwise, nothing matters in his career anymore. That's just it. Yeah, and I don't think... I mean, I think Holland... I mean, look, this... this this Manchester City team could have still gone on and won the Champions League. Of course. Uh, and, and, and I think Holland makes that, that gap of not being like, you know, what they're short. Like, are, are they one of the favorites still? Certainly. But I, I think we're both in agreement where it's because as impressive as they've been all year. I mean, we've praised them all year. I, there's nothing I hate more than praising Manchester City. I'd rather praise Liverpool any day of the week. I'd rather praise Iowa State, the Chicago Bears. I hate praising Manchester City. And we praised them all year, rightfully so. But they they show continually, as we've talked about Paris before, where I, Paris is done. I don't. They don't matter anymore. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the crunch time, when it's winning time, what do you do? And they haven't done it. And and I think you're 100 percent right. It, it comes down to Pep. It comes because you're carrying the mindset of your co- like the coach sets the tone. We talked about this last week when we were talking about like Jurgen Klopp and Pep and and Carlo and. There's there's the tactics part of, of a coach. There's you know the game plan and, and what you're you're here. You do this, and then there's the let's let's go. That's get, getting them fired up, getting them motivated, getting them to believe. And that's the reason both of us thought Jurgen Klopp is the best manager in, in the world because he's tactically great and he all eleven of those players when they go down to zero say I'm gonna fight my ass off for my coach and, and we're gonna win this game. Where Manchester City, they kind of all are just like, what do, what do we do? Like, there's just such a, like, you have to have a game plan. And, and there's none. Like, they, they, they really don't seem to to have one. And, and maybe that'll change with Allen. He's going to score goals wherever he wants. And, and they have so many wingers and midfielders to give him balls and, and great service that, that their offense is going to be maybe unstoppable where all these weaknesses don't matter. But there's are still those weaknesses there. Jan, is Kareem Benzema, he said best striker in the world right now. I, I could not agree more. Ballon d'Or, favorite at the moment? Has to be. Has to be. The only other guy that I can see winning it is Mohamed Salah, and Salah's been a lot more inconsistent this season. He just has. And so maybe Liverpool go on to win the Premier League and Champions League, and Salah is great in those, and maybe then that tips the scale perhaps, but I think Benzema has to be it right now. And honestly, it's redemption, not only for, you know, him and, and, you know, reintroducing himself as, as this kind of great striker that we all know he's been, but also like for these great strikers who aren't named Messi and Ronaldo to win the award. It's redemption for Lewandowski for me. It's like to, to win that award, um, just because your name isn't Messi or Ronaldo, or you're not like one of these, you know, or Mohamed Salah, honestly, a pure number nine, just hasn't won the award in a while, and so I think he does deserve it. And I think he's shown up not only in the in the small moments in the Liga, but in the big moments in the Champions League. 
Um, so it very well could go to Salah because everyone freaking loves Salah, and he has a chance to do a lot on the big stages coming down the stretch. But so does Benzema. And I think, honestly, if Real Madrid wins the Champions League, it doesn't matter a thing in hell what Mohamed Salah does because he, that award is going home with Benzema, for sure. I, I, I could not agree more. I think like, it has to be the favorite right now. If I, I, I would agree that Salah, probably not Mane. I would say Salah's probably just because as good as Mane was with the, well, I guess that would have been last year. So they probably wouldn't even consider. So yeah, I like Salah's probably the only one. And I think like it would, Liverpool would have to win and he'd have to score. Like I, I think he'd have to really make an impact. Like I think there's, I think there's some, some ground to be made up. And if, if we all wins, Salah could have a hat trick. And if we all wins four to three, Benzema's got it. So let's talk about that final briefly, Jan. It's a, a few weeks away. We won't dive too much into it quite yet. But Liverpool, Real, they meet in the Champions League final for, for the third time. Liverpool won the first meeting. Of course, Real won the most recent one uh, to finish off their three straight Champions Leagues, um, champ, Champions League titles. I said everyone, Champion Leagues, Champions of Europe. Anyway, Real Madrid, <laughs> they're good. So, <laughs> <laughs> you got caught on a loop there, huh? Like, well, no, and then I, you ever do that where you're like, you're talking and like you're thinking and talking, and no, most of the time you can like kind of do it at the same time because you're like, what would the title be called? And then I stopped. I was like, what would the right? Then I got all hmm. the different the different way that you can phrase sports things, like where you play, you know, like field, court, championship. It, so many, so many terms, you know. <laughs> All right. So Liverpool, Real, meeting again. What are the things that you're focused on in, in this final? As far as what do you think is going to kind of push push the the scales of of who who's going to win? Yeah, you know, I I think it's going to be a couple different things uh, on the Liverpool side. You know, they went out with this comeback versus Villarreal, but then you know, they they. They draw 1-1 with Tottenham, and in that game, there was something kind of concerning that happened, which was, you know, they were they they were the better team. They had 22 shots on goal, but they only put three on target and only scored one, even though they had lots of opportunities to try to score more. And, uh, you know, you saw a similar situation with Man City-Real, where Man City were the better team and couldn't put away their shots to put Real away. So can Liverpool be clinical with their shots? You know, can they be clinical with the domination that they're going to have? Because that's just not the way Real plays, is dominating possession. We know that's not how they're going to play. So Liverpool needs to dominate possession, yes, but also they need to put their shots away so that even if even if, Liverpool, if Real Madrid wants to come back, it's going to be super, super hard. Um, so they need to be really clinical. And this last game, they weren't in the Premier League, so they need to show us, you know, that was just a fluke. You know, that's not how we're going to play. Um, on the Real side of things, you know, how do Real's defenders deal with kind of this three world strikers? Because yes, Man City was really good and has a really good attack, but they don't have the strike force that Liverpool has. They don't have Salah, they don't have Mane, and they don't have, most importantly, and and the person I think this game is going to be made of, uh, is Diaz. They do not have Diaz. He's just unreal. He's been unreal, and and he is the man of the moment. I think if Liverpool wins, that's because of his contributions. Not saying he's going to score, but assisting, making that chaos, maybe winning a penalty. And Just the uh, runs, the runs he makes are so day like dangerous. It, it, like it, you have to 
he keeps you on the defense on their toes throughout the match. Right. And Real, honestly, they have a good defensive tactic, but defensive players wise, they're not all that great. And so it's like, you know, we've been talking about Real, like holding the fort down, but a, a lot of times they disappear. And unfortunately for them, if they disappear in this game, they might be down 4-0. Like they might be down 4-0. And like, part of the, part of the reason Timor Courtois has been so impressive is because his defense has put him in some precarious situations. Right, and if Liverpool can be clinical, like I talked earlier, um, that's going to spell the end of this really early. Uh, And the last thing is, it's just like, there's two different matchups I'm kind of looking at. Van Dijk versus Benzema. You know, Benzema has been yet to be locked down. Does Klopp just kind of say, hey, Virgil, you know, go to Benzema, make sure he doesn't win this for them. And if he does do that, you know, how do the wingbacks, you know, Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, how do they respond? Because that's going to leave Vinny Jr. open. And and Trent's not going to be able to go all the way up and then track back all the time. So how does that affect him? Uh, can he kind of help with Vinny Jr. so we don't see a Kyle Walker situation repeat uh, where Trent has to go out because he's just so gassed? Um, because we've just seen that so consistently from Vinny when Benzema is the one that's keyed in on. Uh, so I, I think those are the kind of things that I'm looking at. It's going to be a really, really, really fascinating matchup. I, I, I couldn't say which way it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it, on its face, it feels like just because of how the season's gone and how we've talked about both these teams, like, well, Liverpool's the better side. And I, and I think overall Liverpool is the better. Like, if, if you're like, you, you got to put money on somebody, I probably would put it on Liverpool. 100%. But it's this Real team, you're like, I can't bet against it. Like, it feels like betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Like, they're like, nope, they're probably going to figure it out somehow. Um I think you've touched you touched on on really the big big stuff of this um, of this game, particularly like with that high line and 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 you say with Benzema, what's what's Alexander Arnold going to be able to do attacking while trying? I mean, because like if, if he attacks too much, Real Real's gonna, then he's going to score or get somebody else a goal. Like and that's going to happen. Um, and I'm interested to see if because Real has kind of played it safer, and you can play it a little safer over two legs. Will they be a little bit more aggressive knowing that they only have 90 minutes to, to win this one? Um, I think from their point of view, you know, if it's 1-0 or a one-goal game with 70 minutes played, they'll be happy. Um, but I, I think I think they're going to need Courtois to make some great saves. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, they're going to need Liverpool to not be the, the clinical finishers that, that, that they can be. Um, because if Liverpool... If we see Salah and Mon- if we see these guys do what they can do, even with how good Courtois is, you're right. This this one could be out of Real's hands very early, um, and, and so I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where what Carlo does with with the tactics there. I, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, like the Real Liverpool matchup a few years ago, I feel like that was when Liverpool was still on the come up. Like they were like ah, they're they're almost there. Obviously, they won the Champions League the year after it and, and were terrific. But like we were like, ah, eh, Real's probably going to win this one. This one feels uh, as much of a as much of a toss up as we had in a while, maybe. Yeah, it's just, man, I you're not asking. Unfor- like the way this tournament's, it doesn't matter who's the best. That's not the question we're asking. We're asking who's going to win. And and as much as you can say Liverpool has been the better team, you can also say Real Madrid has been the better winner. They've been the better victor in, in throughout their games, and and that's something that you have to take into account, even if it seems like that shouldn't matter it does and uh 
I also think, you know, Car- if I'm Carlo, I'm saying, listen, I-, I-, I would attack them from the beginning. I would I would throw a wrench because that's how they beat Man City. Man City had a little, just a little less time to settle into the game because of the flurry at the beginning, right? And then they came and did what they need to. The more time Liverpool has to build into this game, the more likely it is they find the clinical touch and they put them away. But I would punch him in the mouth from the beginning and then you can hold back a little bit after that. And if I'm him, I'm telling all my guys, Casemiro, if you get a red card, good for you. As long as you break them up, honestly. Because because that's the game that they can Go play better. Than. Go do your job. I want seven yellow cards. I want you to get up in their face. I want you to make every touch uncomfortable. Um, because that's our game. And that's the game that we can win. We cannot win a... Let's see how many times Salah, Sané, and Diaz can come up the side. We will not win that game. That game will be lost very, very easily. Um, so I'm at telling him, you know, time to time to go bad boys Pistons, and who cares if anyone likes us because we're here to win, not to be liked. Go go look at that other team in your city and adopt adopt some of their their mentality and, and game plan. A little Carlo Diego Simeone. Brings, brings Diego yeah. Simeone into a training, and he's like, we're going to let him train you this week. And he's like... Why didn't you punch him in the face? I didn't know I was supposed to. You should have. <laughs> it just looks just looks like an MMA uh, training session. Yeah, it's like, oh damn, someone got injured. Ugh, that was probably not a good idea. <laughs> uh, do you think Premier League race is over after the aforementioned Liverpool tie? I think so. I, you know, it's like Liverpool's focusing on Champions League, and uh, unless we see see Stevie G's men today, step it up. Let's go, Aston Villa. Um, I hope so, but, uh, you know, that would make it absolutely bonkers, but it's also like, it's not just three points, it's like, you have to make up four points, because now Man City has the goal differential advantage, and, exactly. and you know, maybe, maybe they drop points to West Ham, maybe, but even then, you know, it's just hard, it's hard to, to st- if Man City also gives up the Premier League, that this has to be Pep's most disappointing season. I think that's it, that's the other part of it, too, just like, there's no way, because, because if they lose the Premier League now, especially like where they're at, that's that's a trophyless season on a team that we have regularly called the best team in the world. Like that, we, I I don't even know how you could they would be pat back, but I don't know how you could. Like I, that's probably a knee jerk reaction, but it would be like how how the hell did we not win anything? Um, yeah, I think I the tie and just. Even City's performance over the weekend, I think they're like, all right, well, we're gonna, we're winning this thing, all right. Yeah, they would just be known as the biggest choking season of all time because you you also forget because it's been kind of close for the last couple of weeks. But Liverpool came from a ridiculous deficit to even be here. It's not like the so two true. of them were fighting all season. Like it was Man City's to lose, and they lost it. Just like the semifinals were there to lose, and they lost it. So, I mean, there would be just so many different questions, and I think we'd have to reassess how we rate Pep in that situation if he can't get his team to hold these very deserved leads. Um, this one would be really bad. <clears throat> yeah, I... Like the... It was rough. I, I was listening to Pablo Zabaleta talk about it, you know, X-Man City defender, and he, he just didn't even want to talk about it. He was like, yeah, you know, we're in ahead, and uh, I, hope we, I hope we get it done. Because <laughs> he was like, I don't want to give an inch, because I know as soon as I do, they're going to choke it away. <laughs> right. And I, also, I, I don't need the soundbite of me uh, sounding like an idiot if we if we do lose. Yeah, that does, exactly. It, it, but, but yeah, I mean, like you said, they too, they they really have they kind of already have collapsed. We called 
four of the five leagues pretty early on in the season where like it looks like Real, Bayern, City, and, and Paris are all going to win. All four of them, I mean, three of them have. City probably still will. The one league we have been kind of keeping an eye on as far as, as maybe a, a, you know, a good title race. Uh, we, we wondered if Juve could get back in there. They kind of did. Napoli was there. And then, of course, both Milan teams. Two matches to go. AC Milan hasn't won it yet, but they, they have to be feeling good. Uh, the last two fixtures are, are, are far from all that difficult. If Inter's unable to, to catch AC Milan, do you think they have to, to really regret not you know, doing a better job at closing that gap and, and, and winning the Scudetto again? Absolutely. They are the better team, and it's really it's not all that close. They're the better team, and they had those games in hand for the longest time, and then it came to like making up those games, and then March came around, and they had three of their four games they tied against Torino, Fiorentina, and Genoa, which are teams they should be beating. And not only that, they scored two goals across those three games. It's not like these, these guys came out and you know, hit him in the mouth with like a three goal stunner and it was a three three tie. It was zero zero, zero zero, and like two two or something like that. And it was ridiculous. And I just think, you know, they, they really are gonna look back at that and be like, this was ours. We were behind, but technically we were in front because those games in hand we should have won. And uh, you know, and they also yeah. I just think that they're the better team, so they'll feel feel bad about not closing that gap. This AC Milan team is just not anything that is so formidable that you're like, yeah, well, you know, they've been, they're the better team, of course, so we tried our best. Right. Right. We, 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 lost, we lost in a valiant effort against a, you know, a really impressive side. It, I mean, it's not a horrible side, but as far as, I, mean, I, I think you, you brought up the two great, great points. One, Inter is the more talented team. And like all year, especially with those games in hand, it just, it felt like Inter was, all, it was always there for their like the taking. And every single time that they like could have, they, they did. And, and AC Milan gave them plenty of chances um, and, and not, you know, taking advantage of, of any of those. I, th- I think you, you have to feel very like, just like, how, how did we not do it? Like the, the whole season, it was just like, all right, eventually enters, like they're right there. Once they play that game or here and there, like, but anytime they, they would have had the chance. They did not. All right, Jan, one quick last soccer question. Huddersfield, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, and Luton Town. We'll all be battling for the last promotion spot in the championship. One of them will be playing in the Premier League next year. Who do you think it will be? Ugh, gotta go with Nottingham Forest. Gotta go with Nottingham Forest. Are you kidding me? First of all, I think uh, I think just uh, I think part of it is that Luton Town. You know, they had a good end of the season, but they they've been really you know inconsistent uh, throughout most of the season. Nottingham has Brennan Johnson, who's I think the best striker left out of these in these four teams. Um, I think it's going to be whoever wins Nottingham Forest or Sheffield. I think that's the pl- that team that's going to go through. Um, you know, I think it'll be Huddersfield and Nottingham Forest, and Nottingham Forest just goes through simply because they have the best striking. They have nine more goals than the next team between those four. And also, like, you know, all these other Sheffield and Luton Town, maybe not Luton Town, so Sheffield and Huddersfield, they had their chance and they blew it when they were in the Premier League. I'm tired of seeing championship teams blow it in the premier league and you know who i want nottingham forest they haven't been in the premier league since 1999 and let's not forget on their resume they have one league title two fa cups four league cups and two european cups they are a team in the history books 
And, like, I want Nottingham Forest so bad back in the Premier League. So it's a little bit of a pick of, of what I want to. But I also think they're just, like, one of the better teams in, out of the four. Dude, they were, weren't they the first English team to have two uh, European titles? I'm sure. Maybe they Liverpool, won... Liverpool maybe would have had it. But I, I thought it, it was a while back. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was back in the time. They might have been. But Liverpool would probably be the other team that is close. Seventy nine, eighty. Yeah, it probably was. It probably was Liverpool, but still good for them. I didn't realize. That, I knew they hadn't been in the Premier League for a while. I didn't realize it was that long. But yeah, I, I got Nottingham Forest as well. Um, I love. I just love this like playoff. I, I think it's one of the most exciting things each year, and it, it like the stakes are massive. Like not not only just for like your you know team getting up to the Premier League, but like monetarily wise, it's huge. Like you get because even if you get promoted and then relegated. The amount of money that you you make from that one year, they still you still get like a hold over the next couple of years. So they're like, well, we can't make you go from this million million to that million many million. So we'll still give you some some cash. So it's it's a huge thing that can you know help turn the club around. Um, even if even if it just makes you more competitive in, in the championship, uh, it's it's big. And and I think I think it's just so so fun. All right, Jan, we got a couple more questions about world sports, but first. What are you drinking today? Uh, you know, I went with the Stella today. I had like a big, I don't even know where it came from, but I have this big tall boy Stella that was just chilling in my fridge. And I was like, is this mine? I think so. Because no one else drinks beer here, really. So It is now. It is now. And uh, I've been sipping on that, uh, you know, trying to take it easy. I, I can really down a beer when we're doing these episodes. And I thought, oh, this is a tall boy. I can't just down this. I'm going <laughs> to, I have things to do later. <laughs> right. Yeah. What are you Smart. drinking? I got uh, I got another one of those fun Kings County breweries uh, beers. This one is is the Great Catsby. Oh, that's it's, perfect uh, for you. That's perfect. Yeah, it's uh, a double dry hop India pale ale. I feel like all of them are some. They're all pale ales and some you know double dry. Hop, I guess I was gonna say I don't really know what that means, but it it kind of is explanatory. It's dry <laughs> hop twice, it, doubly, <laughs> doubly, um, doubly bubbly. It's got a nice little cat in like the, the classic DiCaprio little pose. Mm. Wow, that was beautiful. That's got to be one for the season right there. That was uh, that was great. We start ranking our openings. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. All right, Jan. Two more things we're going to hit on. Some fighting and some racing. We'll start with the racing. Two big races in America this weekend. The first Formula One race in Miami, and of course, the Kentucky Derby. Which of the two is a more exciting race? I mean, listen, these are two turning sports. So, like, I got to go with the one that takes less time. So, I'm going to go Kentucky Derby. I But here's what I'll say. I think the F1 race had more implications on the future. Like, everybody knows F1 is coming up hard on popularity in the States now. Um, so, I think that that was really exciting for what that means going forward. Um, but also the Kentucky Derby had a ridiculous ending. Rich Strike, who was 80-1 to 1 to win and was in 17th position coming into the final turn. It's not like he led the whole time randomly. He was in 17th place coming into the final quarter mile, then ran the fastest <laughs> quarter mile in the 148-year history of the Derby to win it. And He you know, booked it. He booked it. It was ridiculous to watch. I cannot believe they gave him that inside lane and... Uh, you know, greatest odds upset in the Derby since 1913. Uh, he bit the guide pony at the end, which I was just like, yeah, this is this is mayhem. This is madness. I don't know what's going on. 
he's fired uh, up. He's fired up. He didn't. He wasn't expecting it either. So yeah, I'm gonna go Kentucky Derby. Um, but you know, F1. That's it's good. For did Verstappen win? I believe he did. He got he, he did, got to win yeah. over over Leclerc. Um, Leclerc. Who, I mean, it, it is. I, I like you're right. I think it's an exciting race to add to the circuit, and and certainly here in the states, and like the celebrities were out, which is is a big 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 thing with the Formula One and any you know Super Bowl fight. People are like, ah, who, who's there? And, and there was certainly the, the who's who uh, was was at the race this weekend, uh, and and a great Formula One season so far. Leclerc's still in the lead uh, out of Ferrari, but Verstappen's been fighting back. I think it's going to be a really really great race. But yeah, I, it, it's the Derby, and then like that was most of the time I'd probably say the Formula One because I like the Kentucky Derby, but it, it normally is like pretty straightforward. I feel like like the horses get going. And then, like, maybe one that's, like, tight in there will, will come up and get it. And usually you know or, like, they tell you the, the ones that are probably going to win. Like, this one you had an insane upset, an insane – like, the video of him, like, the, okay, I missed it live. Normally I do watch it, and for some reason I didn't watch I was, I think I was just out and about and doing something. Um, and, uh, like, when I saw the video, I was like, wait, that – like, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was insane how much he came back. It was – that was one of those times where I was like, oh, okay, so this is how horse racing got popular. Oh, yeah. Because I'm kind of always like, I don't see the appeal. This right. seems like whatever. And then like that, I was like, okay, well, that was that was exciting. Now, yeah. Now we didn't have to shoot them after I'd be all on board. But um, uh, that, whole, yeah. that whole aspect. That whole aspect's rough. I <laughs> – yeah, it's not great. Um. I also think, like, it was funny because listening to the commentators, like, talk about it, they didn't even mention that he was raging up the left side until, like, he was in the lead. Because even when he was going, switching his position, they were like, oh, yeah, there's some dude in the back making some progress up. And then they were like, what is going on? Wait, Uh, Wait, he's still making progress. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, a perfect storm. And, uh, you know, good good for that. I'm, I'm always on for the... Odds upsets. I don't know what the like NBA or NFL equivalent would be. It's like the Philly Eagles won the Super Bowl um, last year. I feel like that would be. Uh, it's like if the Steelers, Big Ben, just really, really came in there at the end before he left. But even those things. I I, 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 mean, well, I bet like just like straight numbers wise, I bet those ones still were closer than eighty to one. You know? Yeah, I'm, yeah, eighty one's insane. Yeah, that's like saying the the Spurs were gonna win the Super. The... If you if you bet five dollars, make four hundred. Like yeah, that is them being like, this is not going to happen. Yeah, like that, that that's the the math equivalent of like. I want Yeah, I want to hear someone that put a big bet on. I hope someone did. I hope someone made a lot of money. I hope I, someone. Someone had to. And you right. know what I mean? Because everyone just bets on it. That's dude. Now it's. Now they've got me hooked. Every year, I'm just gonna like put like ten bucks on the the last few uh, in the middle yeah. there. There you go. Make, I've never make... bet on horse. I never bet on horse racing. I heard that's bad for you betting on the horses. <laughs> I think sports betting in general is bad for me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Let's go win this bet. The sport doesn't matter. All right, Jan. Last question of our first part of this episode: best fight from the weekend? Uh, big big UFC weekend two seventy four. And Mr. Canelo Alvarez with a big fight this weekend. He uh, lost this weekend, pardon me, by unanimous decision. 
Uh, between his fight, Oliveira and Gaethje, and Ferguson and Chandler, what was your favorite fight or the best fight from the weekend? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Ferguson because what a fight that was. Um, you know, I, I really I really do think that. But I, I am going to say Oliveira Gaethje for me. I, I think that just like the lead-in to the fight where he loses his title by half a pound uh, was just like crazy. And, and for him to do that and then go in there and submit Justin Gaethje in the first round after like a crazy start to the fight, you know, I think he's so legit. He's still underrated despite having that title. He'll get another title shot, and um, you know, I I just think he he just kind of put himself on the top of like submitting fighters uh, in terms of who has the strength to do that, who has the skill to do that. Uh, I, I would say Canelo because it was a big you know result, but also like he moved up in weight class, the hard the highest he really could possibly fight. So like seeing him lose, you know, it was a great fight, but I it. it People were a little too surprised. Like I, you know, I think it's not something that we needed to be like shocked by because he's moving up. That ha- that's what happens, especially in boxing. Yeah, I, I mean, all three of the fights were great. I, Oliveira broke my heart because I love Gaethje. Uh, I did. I thought Gaethje. I mean, look, that's how Gaethje fights. But I thought he was a little too aggressive because, like, if he was going to get him down, he was going to be in a bad situation. That being said, it was insane. Like on that 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 final kind of sequence, it was like Gaethje was in a spider web. Like he he would like kind of kind of squeeze out here, and then Oliveira would be like, "Nope, now I got you in this hole." And he squeezed out there, and then he got him in this hole, and it was like there was nothing he could do. I think absolutely one of the one of the greatest um, submission fighters in, in the UFC. I think he has the most uh, wins by submission, and and I think too. I kind of like to your point. I think he because I was a little questioning of, of him. To me, that 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 puts him up there with with those champions, like at least in the conversation of those champions, like Usman and Adesanya and, and Volkanovski, and, and as far as like the pound for pound fighters. Um, but I, I did go best fight I, I gave to to Chandler and Ferguson. Look, knocking out ugly Tony, you don't do it unless you get a perfectly timed kick like that, and it was a hell of a kick by Chandler, uh, a very very impressive knockout. And and also I love I love that all these fighters now know McGregor's not that good and he still will make you a shit ton. Like Dustin Poirier's career is changed after those three fights, and it has nothing to do with, with what went on in the octagon. It just has the fact to do that he fought Conor McGregor three times. And so like Michael Chandler's like that's the fight I want because I want my payday and I love it. Like if, if the UFC is going to keep him ranked that high, do it because he's not a good fighter anymore. And shit, if you can go make some money by beating the shit out of Conor McGregor, do it. And you know what else I'll say? Like, I totally agree with you. He's not that good of a fighter anymore. He's also for the UFC standard, not a bad enough fighter where he could win. Like he could feasibly have right. a good mood and win and for imagine sure. the press you would get They'd from Conor McGregor. Yeah. They would eat it he's, up. Well, and like he, he's probably always going to have that power where like he, he's going to have a shot to to knock you out. Uh, so yeah, I completely agree where he's like, he's not the, the, the because there was a while I was like, man, I, he's going to beat everybody um, besides Khabib. He was never going to beat Khabib. Mm-mm. But you know, he was, he went on that tear where now it's like, no, nah, I think I can beat you, but he certainly still has, has the skill set and, and the strength, I think to, to get a result. And, and, the UFC would love nothing more than that. Conor McGregor could beat the crap out of a scarecrow, and people would pay millions of dollars. 
Right. I also want to just come out and say, you know, I've been so against these other boxings, you know, the fake ones with uh, with those two brothers, the Pauls. Um, but But I will say... He called out Canelo Alvarez, and I would like Canelo to just kill Logan, like, kill Jake Paul. Like, not in a mean way, just clock him so hard that he forgets that he's supposed to be, like, a famous person. Like, just really, like, I would love that. I don't want Usman to fight him, because I truly legitimately think Usman will kill him. Um, Yeah. Just, like, I know he's not a boxer, but have you seen that dude? He might just rip him in two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But I would... He'd probably figure it out. That's probably the only... That fight I would might see, pay money to see, just just because I really do want to see Logan Paul get, and and Jake Paul. Logan, whatever. Jake Paul get his, get his shit, shit rock. So uh, I'll say that. You know, Canelo, listen. You had a rough fight. You went up. You tried to do it. Now get a decent amount of money and, and become, like, the best loved fighter in the world by just knocking this dude out and shutting him up. Pretty please. <laughs> There, like, at some point, I feel like there probably will be a at least somewhat legitimate boxer or or fighter because like all the guys that he's fought are none of them have been like at least the sort of names that that he's fought none of them have been uh, like it, anywhere near their prime and like also just like not boxers but I do like I do think at some point somebody probably will take the bait because it's gonna be a big payday. Because, oh, yeah. like, I, the people that follow that dude love that Paul kid. They love those Paul kids. And, the, and most of us that don't are like, man, this kid's annoying as shit. Yeah. So you're going to get so many people that are like, I'm going to watch him because I'm a fan. And so many people that are like, I would love to see this guy get clocked. And yeah. it's going to end up in a massive payday for, for him and whoever he ends up fighting. And, you know. Yeah. I just, I think it'd be so funny if Jake Paul went from making money from beating has-beens to making money to so the world can watch him get hit the the shit kicked out of him. That, for me, that is a full circle. And, uh, Dude, and, if you, I'm saying this right now, you pay me $50 million, I'll get my ass kicked. <laughs> You'll get your ass kicked? Yeah. Who would you mil? fight? Who are you calling out? Right now, 50 mil. Give me... <laughs> Whoever, for 50 mil... The bigger, the better. Make it quick. I'll get knocked out. 